Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are, whatever part of the day it is for y'all. I'm going to take one of our little walks. You can hear the turkeys and the guineas in the background deciding to let us know that they're here, just in case we had forgotten, which we can't because... They make these noises 24-7 almost. I'm going to take a little walk in a pasture today instead of down the dirt road. I have one faithful three-legged puppy dog, and that is it. Gorgeous day, folks. Beautiful. Clear blue skies, sun's out. Rough life. For those of you all that continue to give me a little bit of your time each day, as always, thank you all so much. Try and make sure that I don't waste it. And for those of y'all that continue to share the podcast, we're having a pretty good month of February so far. I'm grateful. I appreciate it and humbled by it. And thank y'all. So we're going to get into a man today that I don't think we have talked about on this podcast before. And it's one that I can already tell you we will talk about again at some point. Uh, And, you know, folks, the great thing, if you enjoy this podcast, is we're just barely scratching the surface at all, all these months in. And so there's so much more material. It's kind of like the Titanic hitting the iceberg in a sense, which there's a lot of analogies, a lot of ways you could take that. But we're just barely seeing what's above the surface, and there's so much more beneath the surface. Uh, we got long time, lots of things to talk about. So I'm going to read you a little bit about Mr. Dickinson, John Dickinson. That's who we're going to talk about today. And if you don't know much, he was one of our founding fathers. And... We'll roll through this. 1732 to 1808, signer of the Constitution of the United States of America, member of the Continental Congress, writer of the first draft of the Articles of Confederation, served as president of the Supreme Executive Council of Pennsylvania, yada, yada. A lot of things, folks. Founded Dickinson College in Pennsylvania in 1773 and was gave generously to Quakers in Philadelphia. Here's the part that we're going to focus on, though. He wrote a number of persuasive letters regarding the soundness of Christian evidence and the authority of Scripture, and also for the passage of the Constitution, writing a number of letters that he signed as Fabius, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, This contributed a lot to Delaware and Pennsylvania being the first two states to ratify the Constitution. He's remembered as the penman of the revolution, and he wrote a number of pamphlets, and we're also going to focus on this quite a bit. Uh, Petition to the King, Declaration of Resolves to the First Continental Congress, Declaration of the Cause of Taking Up Arms. But the one he's most known for is Letter from a Farmer in Pennsylvania. If you have heard of that before, I've heard of it, but it's been quite a while. And so we're going to read a couple excerpts from some of his pamphlets, and then we're going to talk a little bit about something 
associated with that pretty good. So in this this first one, I'm trying to see, I don't have a date on this, folks. I apologize for that, but you can look it up. This letter from a farmer in Pennsylvania. But while divine providence that gave me existence in a land of freedom permits my head to think, my lips to speak, and my hand to move, I shall so highly and gratefully value the blessing received as to take care that my silence and inactivity shall not give my implied assent to my act, degrading my brethren and myself from the birthright, wherewith heaven itself hath made us free. I pray, God, that he may be pleased to inspire you and your posterity to the latest ages with a spirit of which I have an idea that I find a difficulty to express. We're going to keep going, folks, but a couple things here just to start with. Huge point, I think, he was making, silence and inactivity. Folks, when we're silent, when we're indifferent to the evil that we see in this country today, that makes us no better and probably worse, really, than those who actually push that evil. Because by our indifference, what we're telling everybody is we're okay with it. We're okay with them destroying the country. We're okay with them destroying families and marriages. We're okay with them kicking God out of our institutions, out of our country, out of our children's education. That's what it means. When, when you don't stand up against what you know is immoral and evil, then as Dickinson said here, we're really giving our assent. We're, we're agreeing. We're condoning it. And the second thing is, I think there's a couple ways you could take you and your posterity to the latest ages. He could be talking about older people, or he could be saying to the country as a whole, no matter how long this country lasts, I hope that God continues to inspire you and your posterity. And we could certainly use a great deal of inspiration today. We'll keep going. I express it in the best manner I can. I mean a spirit that shall so guide you that it will be impossible to determine whether American's character is most distinguishable for his loyalty to his sovereign, capitalized meaning God, his duty to his mother country, his love of freedom, or his affection for his native soil. But above all, let us implore the protection of that infinitely good and gracious being, Proverbs 8.15, by whom kings reign and princes decree justice. A communication of her rights in general, and particularly of that great one, the foundation of all the rest, that their property acquired with so much pain and hazard should be disposed of by none but themselves. Or, to use this beautiful and emphatic language of the sacred scriptures from Micah 4.4, that they should sit every man under his vine and under his fig tree, and none should make them afraid. But whatever kind of minister he is that attempts to innovate a single iota of the privileges of these colonies, him I hope you will undauntedly oppose 
and that you will never suffer yourselves to be cheated or frightened into any unworthy obsequiousness. On such emergencies, you may surely, without presumption, believe that Almighty God himself will look upon your righteous consent with gracious approbation. So I had to look up a few words here, folks, <laughs> because I wanted to make sure I had the meaning of Dickinson's comments down correctly. And we're going to a couple things early on. I just Lord, folks, this is what we need to be teaching our children from the very beginning is this first paragraph up here, that it would be impossible for people on the outside to see the spirit of Americans and determine whether our character is most distinguishable for their loyalty to God, to our duty to country, love of freedom, or affection for our native soil. We have completely lost that, thanks to the left and culture today, completely, in education. And, and yet that's where we started. Dickinson, one of the, the founding fathers, and a very influential one, was talking about this. And we've, we've got to get back to that, folks. We have to get to the point where our children... Where their character, you know, this kind of ties in with Martin Luther King. It's not, their worth is not determined by skin color, by gender, but it's determined by character, actions, merit. And their character is tied into love of God, love of country. Right? Got to get back to that huge point. Uh, again, you know, just the fact that, that Dickinson so frequently goes back to Scripture, so important here. Proverbs, Micah, Old Testament, New Testament. You know, he's talking about the property belongs to us, to Americans that love our country, not to anybody else. And, and no one should be fearful in their own country, on their own land, or afraid that somebody was going to come and take that away. And this is not the road that we're going to travel today, but the fact that Americans have to rent their own land from the government in any state is completely un-American. It's wrong. The government has no right to tell you, well, you can live there as long as you pay me rent. But if you don't pay me rent, taxes, folks, property taxes, if you don't get it. If you don't pay those, we're going to come take everything you own back. That, that has nothing to do with our founding here. And there's no place in America for that. None whatsoever. Not a constant threat over the heads of citizens that if they slip up for one second and don't pay their taxes, that the government's going to come back in and steal their property. That doesn't belong to the government. As Dickinson was talking about here, it belongs to American citizens. But these last two paragraphs, folks, this is where, this is huge. And this is what I had to kind of look up. He's saying that if there's any government official, any minister he talks about, that attempts to innovate, innovate means change from the foundation, change from the original way that it was meant. If any of them try and change one single iota of the privileges of these colonies, these states, I hope you will undauntedly oppose him. And that you will never suffer to be cheated or frightened into any unworthy obsequiousness, which means servitude, basically. 
And it, it can be good or bad. In this case, it's bad, folks. Do we not see that today? Do we not see, and I'm not just talking about the last couple of years, folks. I'm talking about for decades. Do we not see that we have had leaders that have been changing the privileges in these colonies, the foundation of these colonies, these states for decades? We have had, thanks to the left and people that claim to be on the right but are indifferent. You go back to Dickinson's first couple paragraphs that go ahead and just give their assent. Has this not exactly what has been happening? And we have just gone along with it in this this servitude, this servile, disgusting manner of, well, I guess, you know, those people are really smart. They know what they're doing. So I'm just going to have to go ahead and do what they tell me to do, even though I can see that it's wrong and immoral. Yep. It's exactly what we've been doing. And we've been doing it for a long time. And now. As it's starting to get worse and worse in our face, I, I would argue not really worse, but now that we're starting, it's starting to really affect us, right? Financially, it's starting to make life a little difficult. Now, we're shocked. How did this happen? How could this be? And then the last point, we've talked about this with Mayhew's sermon from 1750s, 50, 52, a number of times, but Dickinson reinforces this. If you do get into this situation, which we're in, on such emergencies, you may surely, without presumption, believe that Almighty God himself will look upon your righteous contest with gracious approbation, meaning approval. When you get into these situations where you find yourself with leaders or a people that are trying to force you into slavery and servitude and destroy your country, he's saying, God's going to approve of that. If it's an honest contest, an honest fight, he's going to approve of that. There are a couple more great, phenomenal quotes here that I really wanted to get to. And maybe we'll come back and see. I will get one more because this is a pretty big one. The happiness of these colonies has been, during the whole course of this fatal controversy, our first wish, their reconciliation with Great Britain, our next, ardently to have, have we prayed for the accomplishment of both. But if we must renounce the one or the other, we humbly trust in the mercies of the Supreme Governor, capitalized meaning God, of the universe that we shall not stand condemned before his throne if our choice is determined by that law of self-preservation which his divine wisdom has seen fit to implant in the hearts of his creatures. Our founders desperately wanted reconciliation with Britain all the way up to the end. That's what they wanted. They wanted to be British citizens. They wanted reconciliation with the crown. With the crown. That's what they prayed for. That's what they looked for. That's what they worked for. Um, but at some point, they realized that that just wasn't going to happen. And what they were saying is that if we can't have freedom and reconciliation, happiness of these colonies and reconciliation with Britain, then we're going to take the happiness of the colonies. We're going to take the freedom. And we're going to trust that God's going to support us because he's given us this sense of freedom, this spirit of freedom in our hearts and our chests. And so we're going to trust 
that he wouldn't have put that there if we weren't supposed to follow that. And it's one of the New Testament verses talking about the spirit of liberty can only be found or the, or liberty can only be found with the spirit of God, right? This is what makes America great. It's our foundation on God and the principles of Christ. Nothing else, folks. It's not because we're faster, stronger, smarter. The Second Amendment, that's phenomenal. But if we don't have a God-fearing people, the Second Amendment just means that we got a bunch of guns in the hands of people that are evil. And we have pretty good examples of that across the country, especially in our big cities. Guns don't do you any good if they're in the hands of evil men. If we don't have that relationship with God as a nation and individually, nothing else matters, folks. This is what Dickinson was talking about right here at the end. We have to have that trust that we've got to choose that liberty, that freedom. And then we've got to trust that we're doing. And, and, and notice that he talked. He talked about how much they had prayed. And we have these days of fasting and prayer that we've gone over. We've got to look to God. I got a couple minutes. I, I wanted to run through a couple things and I'm going to squeeze them in here and maybe this is a bad idea. We'll come back to them when I have a little bit more time. One, these pamphlets that the founders passed, that was kind of how they worked together. They stirred up the spirit coming into the revolution. They kept trying for reconciliation, but they knew that there was probably a fight coming and these pamphlets were shared. They would pass them out and then they were shared between people and it would cause them to talk about this and look for what was coming. We need to do that today. Whatever it is, whenever you find something, find somebody else and share it with them and say, hey, what do you think about this? Let's look at this. Are you always going to agree? No. We've talked about that. Even in the best marriages, husband and wife don't agree on every single thing. Is it going to be perfect every time? No. I'm not, folks. I can point you to the one guy that is, but I'm not. And you're not going to agree with everything I say here, and I'm going to make some mistakes. I'm going to do the best I can to own up to those mistakes. But when we find something useful, especially today, we have got to start to share it with other people. I, I would, I hope humbly, submit that if, if you're getting something out of this podcast, this is a modern-day pamphlet. If you think you're getting something useful out that would help our country, that would, that would stir up that spirit that, that Dickinson was talking about for love of God, love of country. Share it with somebody else, cousin, a friend, a neighbor, whoever. Send it to them. Say, hey, listen to a couple of these. See what you think. We've got hours on end to watch movies and Netflix and football games and basketball games and softball and everything else. We don't have 20, 30 minutes every once in a while to pass something on to our friends that might actually affect the future of our country, unlike the things that I just mentioned, although they are affecting the future of our country because they're taking our eye off the ball. First thing. Second thing is, my brain just checked out on me. (laughs) Well, one of the other points that I desperately wanted to make, folks, was, you know, at some point, our founders, they realized that there was no reconciliation possible. They kept trying till the very end. You know, they kept praying. And and we've got to. One of the, the great commandments, I think, the hardest ones, is Jesus tells us to pray for our enemies. Uh, as a younger man, I really resented that, A, because I didn't like my enemies. They were mean. I didn't want to pray for them. 
But if you really want to change the heart of an enemy, if you really want to change them, or if they won't be changed, if their heart is so hardened, if you really want justice and vengeance, like David talked about in the Psalms, like God talks about multiple times in the Bible, right? What's the, what better thing could you do than to turn them over to God in prayer? Because folks, he's going to do a he's going to do an infinitely better job than we could ever dream of of changing their hearts if it's possible, and if not, of delivering justice and yeah, even vengeance. So we have to keep praying. And this is what I'm talking about here. And this is the part that's probably going to step on some people's toes. Uh, but that's okay because I get mine stepped on often. You know, at some point, our founders had to look around at people they love, their fellow countrymen, and they had to look at them like that quote out of the Patrick Henry speech where he said, may posterity forget that we were ever countrymen. They had to look at these people that continued to stand for evil. And they had to say, you know what, we're done. If you won't change, if you won't turn from that evil, we're done. And and we're not giving you part of the country. This secession nonsense, this idiotic secession talk that you hear every once in a while. No. You need the attitude. We need the attitude of, of Grant and Lincoln. You don't get to have part of the country when you actively hate the country by your actions, regardless of what you say. We're not, the, the founders didn't say, hey, you know what, let's just, we'll keep New York and Massachusetts, uh, maybe Connecticut, maybe part of Virginia, and, and Britain, you can have the rest. Fellow countrymen, even more, more important than Britain, fellow countrymen, loyalists, y'all can have the rest, we're just going to take this little piece. No. You can either change your ways, or get out. Now here's the part that's going to step on some toes. We have the same situation today almost, folks, between people who love the founding faith and principles of this country based on Christ's teachings and people who stand for the evil, godless values of the left. And at some point, we're going to have to look at those people that we care dearly about, cousins, aunts, uncles, sisters, brothers, mothers, fathers, whatever it is, and we're going to have to make a choice. And our choice is either going to be, okay, we're going to let y'all keep pushing us down this path, and, uh, regardless of what happens. Slavery, oppression, tyranny. Or we're going to have to say, it's time for y'all to leave. Either change your attitudes, change your actions, change your hearts, or get out. It's a really hard conversation, folks, but it's coming. I guarantee you. All right, folks, I went way over what I intended to. I apologize. Forgive me. Uh, for those of y'all that stick, stuck with me, thank you. Uh, we'll go back to Dickinson, I promise, at some point. And uh, there's a lot of good stuff there. Just barely scratched the surface. Remember, y'all have a sphere of influence. Whatever it is that you do, every single day you have a sphere of influence. Um, it doesn't really matter. I mean... Folks, it could be the lowliest position in a company, or you could be CEO, right? You can own your own company. You can work for somebody else. You can be a stay-at-home mom. You can be a lawyer, doctor. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Anything. Pick your profession. 
you have a sphere of influence. Especially, folks, especially, most of all, more than any profession, as a husband or wife, and as a mother or father. No greater influence than those two in that order. And if you don't have those, church, best friend, you've got it, folks. Use it. Put the truth out there. Spread these modern day pamphlets or whatever it is that you come across that you think will help our country. We, we got a real good shot here, folks. It's just going to be rough. God bless y'all. God bless your families. God bless America. We'll talk to y'all again real soon. Looking forward to it.